covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. We are powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us for another edition of the program. A lot to get into this week as we continue to get closer and closer and closer to the start of the regular season. If you listen on an every week basis, you know I kind of downplay the importance of stats during the course of spring training. This is the time of spring training where, for me, that really starts to kind of reverse itself. A lot of the guys who are going to be in the minors but were in big league camp, those guys are starting to be reassigned to minor league camp. So the numbers we are seeing start to have a little bit more validity, and I think they go a long way in terms of those position battles and those roster battles for that opening day 25-man roster. What's going to happen from here going forward is going to be a, probably be the uh, biggest part of uh, how those decisions are being made in terms of at least comparing player A versus player B who have an equal chance of making the club. No uh, issue in terms of service times or options or anything like that. If everything else is the same, then you start to look at some of these numbers here over the last uh, couple weeks or so of spring training. We'll get a lot more into that over the course of the program. As always, a couple housekeeping items to take care of as we open up the program. First off, if you do uh, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, any type of a review rating that you could leave for the podcast, especially if you enjoy the podcast, would be much appreciated. That helps uh, more and more people find the podcast, which is the idea of this whole thing. And if you ever have any feedback for me, there's uh, two main ways to get at me. Uh, the best way generally is via Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. You can always uh, also drop me an email, matt.pauley at wtmj.com. And a reminder, we record this on Sunday evenings, so... While we try to keep the information as generic as possible, and I hate using that term because I think there's a negative connotation to it, but try to make it that uh, the, the information is good, I guess, throughout the entire course of the week. Obviously, things can happen. In fact, it was just uh, last week's program that a bunch of stuff happened on Monday, which kind of made some of the information we talked about on the podcast not quite as current and a little bit obsolete, and there's just nothing that we can really uh, do about that. All right. On the program uh, this week, we are going to have uh, Gabe Stoltz. He is the editor uh, managing the Disciples of Euchre site. So that's going to be coming up just in a little bit during our social media conversation. For me, the number one storyline right now, and it has shifted a little bit, and maybe it's just because... I'm done talking about the whole Ryan Braun first base thing. Let's just We're not going to learn anything during spring training for the most part. Let's just get into the season and see what this really looks like and what percentage of games he's actually playing over there. So this could be the first podcast in a while where we don't focus a lot on that narrative. But I do think what's starting to heat up is that starting rotation battle for the back two spots. And really... We looked at it last week even as a four-man competition still in no particular order. Wade Miley, Junior Guerra, uh, Brent Suter, and Brandon Woodruff. I, I kind of think that maybe Brandon Woodruff is destined for, for AAA to start the season. Of those four... He's the guy that I think probably has the least chance of being in that opening day starting starting five-man rotation. 
and they can they can go with a four man rotation to open up the season for a little while if they really really want to, uh, because they have a off day the third day of the season. So they're not actually going to need that fifth starter until about a week into the year. So that gives them a little bit extra time if they want to take some more time on uh, deciding who the fifth starter is, especially if the fifth starter is going to be someone who still has options available where they would be able to park them at uh, AAA for a few days before making a move. And I guess that is always possible. But they are going to need a fifth starter uh, in the first full week of the season. The season's going to start on Thursday, March 29th. When you look at the, uh, after that off day, Sunday the 1st, which is Easter Sunday, you know, look at that. They, they play games every day from the 2nd to the 11th. So they would need a fifth starter uh, during the course of that period. So the Brandon Woodruff, to me, kind of seems like the guy, the, the first guy to be the odd man out. Still a lot of time left in spring training. Still things can happen. But I, I don't think there's a great chance that he ends up uh, making it into that opening day starting rotation. So that leaves you with Wade Miley, Junior Guerra, and Brent Suter. And two of those three are coming off not-so-good appearances in their most recent starts. Starting with Wade Miley, who had his uh, first really rough effort uh, so far during the course of spring, as on Friday, pitching against Cincinnati, he went three innings, giving up seven runs on ten hits, which obviously not good numbers. Brent Suter had not given up a run through his first four appearances, and then in his most recent outing, which was on Thursday against the Rangers, he went four innings, allowing four runs on seven hits. So they both take a step back. Now this kind of goes back to what I was talking about a little while ago, that stats start to matter a little bit more right now. This is the period where who you're pitching against, you might not have quite as many minor league type guys that you're going against. So generally you see some of those numbers, especially for individuals who are dominating during the first few weeks of spring training. A lot of times those numbers, they start to uh, come back a little bit. And then you have Junior Guerra, who uh, his last time out, uh, as we're talking right now, was on Monday. So he's due up for another start real soon. He may have already pitched by the time you're listening to this. But he went four and two-thirds innings against the Dodgers, giving up three runs, two earned on four hits with four strikeouts, two walks. So if you're just judging individuals, uh, those three on their most recent starts, you would give it to Junior Guerra, then uh, Brent Suter, then Wade Miley. I continue to sit with where I was at last week. I think the five-man rotation is going to include both Wade Miley and Junior Guerra. I think they're your number four and number five starters in whatever order. It doesn't matter who's number four and who's number five. Uh, those are the two guys that I think make it in. I'm not sure if that means Brent Suter is going to be long relief out of the bullpen or if they maybe park him at AAA for just a little bit because he does have options available and that can help uh, a bit of a roster jam. But again, a lot of things can change. And if Miley has another outing like that, it can you know his his position in the starting rotation probably uh, more than anybody else hinges on his next appearance because he's coming off such a rough outing. You don't want to see him do that twice in a row during the course of spring training, especially as you're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. Uh, another bit of news that uh, came out, we knew that Wade Miley had an out in his contract, and the way that works is a lot of times you'll sign a major league guy to a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. 
and they will receive an out clause in their contract that essentially says if they are not on the major league roster by this date, they are allowed to ask for their release and they would uh, then receive their release. More often than not, these outs, uh, sometimes you have an opening day roster out uh, in your uh, in your contract. A lot of times it's a little bit later in the year. Um, I spent six years working around uh, AAA baseball with Colorado Springs, and uh, it was very, very common to have guys have a May 1st out, a June 1st out, and sometimes there was a, a May 15th or a June 15th out that was generally about as late as uh, those outs would uh, would end up going. This whole the, the way this deal is is basically Miley has to be told on March 22nd if he is going to make it onto the opening day 25-man roster. If he is told that he is not, then they have until March 24th to either reverse their decision for him to uh, accept being on the team but not on a major league deal, so still maybe getting assigned to AAA, or the release would have to come on March 24th. So basically March 24th is the uh, deadline date for Wade Miley. So that, that, that adds a little something to this because if he's competing for a, a roster spot and you look at March 22nd, that's that's a week before the season starts. He would get another uh, spring training start. So maybe they come together on some sort of deal that says he'll get that one more start and they'll make a decision on him immediately after that. I don't know I don't know what's allowed. I don't know what they can do in terms of the contract and what has to be said. I, look, that's, that's way above my head. But it's, it, it's another wrinkle to this whole situation as they try to figure out who this starting five-man rotation is going to be. And as it sits right now, this is the group. They're, they're not going to go sign somebody else. They're not going to bring anybody else in, as it looks like right now. I mean, anything's possible. Anything can happen on any given day. But it just all, all signs at this point indicate that this is going to be um, the team and the, and the group of pitchers that they go into the regular season. Now, uh, there continues to be a little bit of smoke out there in terms of Alex Cobb, but nothing's done there, and it doesn't, you know, outside of getting a bargain basement deal on him, uh, it doesn't seem like the Brewers are especially interested. I guess if you're Cobb and you're going to do what some of these other guys have done, try to sign a one-year deal and just, you know, try again for free agency next season, the Brewers are probably about as as good of an opportunity for you, you would automatically get slotted into the starting five and you'd be on a team that absolutely has a chance to make it in the postseason. But nothing would indicate at this point in time that that is going to end up happening. So that's uh, that's where we're at right now. The starting rotation deal, it's uh, it, it got more intriguing during the course of the past week and unfortunately it got more intriguing for not so good reasons in the sense that a couple guys who are competing for those spots who have been really good through spring training, took a step back in their most recent outings. All right, so on the program this week, Gabe Stoltz is going to join us. He is the manager over at Disciples of Euchre. He's going to come up in just a few minutes in our social media conversation, but right now let's go back through the week that was with our headlines of the week. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. 
There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's headlines of the week. All right, so we hit on some of these in our first segment, but we'll go back uh, through them uh, nonetheless. First off, uh, Stephen Vogt, he, that shoulder uh, deal that he's had that we've talked a lot about, and last week on the program, it seemed like uh, it was progressing in a good way. I think that was the news item that kind of came out on Monday that made some of what we talked about on last week's program uh, a little bit obsolete, if I remember correctly, that we found out on Monday that he had had a setback in the uh, shoulder issue. Well, he does have a setback. Uh, the club is planning to place him on the disabled list and start him on the year on the DL. Now, that's notable because that will guarantee his salary through the course of the season. He's scheduled to make a little bit more than $3 million if they didn't want to pay him that salary. You know, For example, if he would have been going through spring training competing with Jet Bandy for the job and lost out to Jet Bandy, they would have released him prior to the season and they wouldn't be on the hook for that money. Instead, he's injured. They're going to keep him on the roster. They're going to put him on the disabled list, and that is going to guarantee his contract for the year, which makes you believe that the Brewers still view him as the second of two catchers with no disrespect meant to Jet Bandy. Uh, they... I don't think if this was an even competition between these two guys going into spring training with the guy who lost the job not making the team and and you didn't really have an indication of who that was going to be, I think maybe this injury causes them to go ahead and just cut their losses. But they're going to keep him around, so that tells you that they view him uh, as that other catcher. And look, that makes sense. He's got pop. He can be a pinch hitter. He's a, It gives you the righty-lefty deal with catchers. Like, There's a lot of reasons. He, he's great in the clubhouse. There's a lot of reasons to keep uh, Steven Vogt around. So that's the uh, that's the first thing. Mentioned the uh, Wade Miley out in his contract. Uh, that came out. Uh, I think the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel, uh, and Tom Hodricourt reported that uh, first that uh, he had the March 22nd outdate. And then I think Adam McAlvey of uh, MLB.com added the context to it that there was all that the March 22nd is when they basically have to tell him whether or not he's going to make the team and then by March 24th they either have to come to some sort of resolution on everything or release him or, or whatever it might be so March 24th is kind of that deadline date with a statement needing to be made to him by March 22nd so that as I said that definitely uh, adds some intrigue to this competition for the starting uh, rotation Ernesto Frieri has been released uh, veteran big league uh, relief pitcher had been a closer earlier on in his career he just didn't pitch well to his credit he owned it man he owned it he said I didn't pitch well I didn't put myself in position to make this team um, he's still gonna try to pitch somewhere he's got to get his stuff together but uh, in a battle right now uh, in the um, for bullpen spots Ernesto Frieri uh, is not going to be there and you know they they signed some guys with major league experience to non-guaranteed deals and to minor league deals you look at him you look at J.J. Hoover J.J. Hoover is pitching the heck out of the ball right now at least in terms of results as we talk on Sunday night he hasn't given up a, uh, a run yet so he's got a zero ERA uh, so Ernesto Frieri just wasn't going to make this team. This gives him a chance to uh, go ahead and try to find a job somewhere else. 
Zach Davies is going to start the home opener. It had been previously announced that Chase Anderson was going to be the opening day starter on the road in San Diego. Now Zach Davies is going to start the home opener. That's also kind of a prestigious place to uh, be in. It also allows him to uh, match up in that uh, series against the Cubs that's going to be uh, coming up. Uh, that's the second home series of the year. They'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against St. Louis, the second, third, and fourth. That's the uh, opening day weekend. And then they'll play fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth against the Cubs. So Zach Davies not only starting against the Cardinals, he'll be able to get a second start against the uh, Chicago Cubs as they try to kind of uh, do a little bit of matching up right now. And you know, I think Craig Council said it when speaking to the media. You can't match up an entire season, but you can try to do some matchups here in the early portion of the season. And then as the season goes along, you have guys going on the disabled list, coming off the disabled list, guys coming up from uh, the minor leagues. You can strategically place guys where you want to place them to try to continue the system of trying to match up moving forward in series going forward. And then just a, another pitching thing to watch, uh, to watch, Jacob Barnes hasn't been pitching very well at all. Um, he wasn't especially good in spring training last year, and he was pretty good to start the season. But you look at uh, you look at what Jacob Barnes has done this year uh, into Sunday night in five appearances, a 12.46 ERA. They're going to start pitching him in some minor league games as well to be able to get him as much work as possible. But he's expected to be a big part of the bullpen, and it's a little bit concerning to see his ERA where it's at right now. So he would like to, uh, and everybody would like to get uh, that taken care of that's a that's a big part of this um and you know well maybe him not pitching so well in spring training does that open the door for for a jj hoover who has been so good to make the team don't forget if, if a hoover makes the team not only do they have to get him on the 25-man roster they have to find room on the 40-man roster and you have an oliver drake who hasn't been great in spring training so far, Drake has uh, pitched to a 5.40 ERA in in nine appearances. Again, numbers you, numbers you take with a grain of salt. But uh, Drake is a guy who doesn't have any options either. And so if he doesn't make the team, he doesn't really have a job in the organization anymore. Which, by the way, I want to mention this real quick before we get into some other things. I had a tweet recently from somebody because we talk about options. You know, this guy has options. This guy doesn't have options. This guy has three options left. This guy has one option left. What does all that mean? Uh, this is I'm gonna go, and somebody wanted kind of a long explanation of it, and that's a great topic, and we absolutely will touch on that in a future podcast. I want to do that um, around the same time as maybe we start to see some of these guys possibly leave the organization because of it you know jesus aguilar is the big one to probably watch just based off uh what he did last season and the challenge that's in front of him to make this team just based off the the roster numbers and oliver drake is the other guy at this point who doesn't have any options but just a real for for folks who don't understand that who hear that uh, process basically when you are a uh when you're a player uh, you have a certain amount of option years where you are allowed to be sent down to the minor leagues. Now, it it's not like you get sent down once and that's your first option and then you get sent down again and it's another option. It's an option year. So once you're sent down, you can basically go up and down throughout the course of the year and you burn up those options. And then once you have used up 
all your option years. Uh, at that point, you can't be sent down without being designated for assignment and clearing through waivers and, and that whole process. So that, that's, that's the quick, uh, very abbreviated, kind of dumbed-down version of options. And again, we'll, uh, we'll take a little bit of a longer look at that because it is something. You know, for, for people like me, for people who uh, cover the team, we talk in that language sometimes, and a lot of times we forget that kind of the business of baseball side of it, and baseball is very complicated when it comes to rosters and when it comes to guys coming up through the uh, the minor league system and the 40-man roster versus the 25-man roster, major league contract versus a minor league contract. Some of these guys who are drafted but ha- want the guarantee of being placed on a 40-man roster, all that stuff. It's very it's very complicated, and at some point in time, we'll go through it. I remember, and this is kind of a plug, uh, Eric Name does a, does a great job with his uh, Bucks podcast, the uh, Locked on Bucks podcast. He and Frank Madden do that, and it's a Bucks podcast that I listen to uh, fairly often. I remember last year, the, the NBA is so complicated, so, 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 so complicated in terms of um, the the different contract situations and the exceptions and all that, which I did not understand. And I asked Eric one, at one point last year, hey, can you do a podcast where all you do is explain like the mid-level exception and the veteran ex- and all that stuff? And they did it, and it was great. We're not going to go that deep here on uh, Brewers Extra and the podcast on, uh, on, on that topic, uh, but uh, the business of baseball. But we'll touch on it a little bit here over the next couple weeks once guys uh, end up getting sent down. So that's a that's maybe our longest ever edition of Headlines of the Week as we kind of go off on a couple tangents. All right, um, still up on the program in just a moment. Uh, Gabe Stoltz is going to join us. He is the uh, the manager, the editor, managing, he manages the website, Disciples of Euclid. That's what I'm trying to say, so let's get to that. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile as we do continue on. We're very happy right now to welcome onto the program. He is the editor over at Disciples of Euchre. His name is Gabe Stoltz. You can follow him on Twitter at Stoltzy3, S-T-O-L-T-Z-Y-3. Uh, and he joins us uh, right now, a regular uh, panelist here uh, on the podcast. Gabe, always great to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt. We're almost to the 10-day mark of the opening day, so definitely getting exciting as the season nears. Yeah, this is kind of that moment where maybe you can actually start looking at the numbers and they matter because there's we're seeing guys get sent down right now, so there's less at-bats against you know minor league guys and there's less you know, on both sides of it. Do you Is this almost maybe a period where you almost should reset the numbers and look what happens over the next week and a half to see who really has earned that spot to make it onto the 25-man roster? Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the more times where spring training does, in fact, matter. And uh, I think there are a few uh, spots on the Brewers roster where that is being taken into cons- some consideration. Um, you take a look at, the pot, like for example, just the opening day rotation. You know, there's still some question marks that remain there. And um, I'm sure if you ask uh, Brent Suter and um, Wade Miley just how much these last few games matter they'll say a lot especially after 
getting roughed up in them and just fighting for that those final spots. So yeah, as the se- season nears, so does the anticipation and pressure on the guys out in camp. Yeah, it almost seemed like Miley had the had an inside track on a job, and then uh, he goes out against uh, Cincinnati a couple days ago. Three innings, seven runs on ten hits, three strikeouts, one walk. Uh, but and now some more information has come out. He's got an out in his contract. It's a little bit of a different kind of out. Generally, uh, when you got guys who are signed to minor league contracts with invite to spring trainings, sometimes they'll have an out in their contract on opening day. Uh, I, having worked in AAA baseball for six years, it was very normal. It seemed like May first, June first, and June fifteenth were the three out dates that were most common, where guys who are not in the big leagues uh, by that time could request their release and be granted it it's an odd out time that they have to let them know by like the 22nd and then make a decision by the 24th what do you take away from just the whole wade miley situation that he had been pitching well then he has a bad outing his last time and now all of a sudden there's this out in his contract and that date is fast approaching yeah it's definitely something to consider um you don't generally you want as much time to for these roster decisions and i'm sure david stearns and craig council would hope for more but yeah it's definitely an odd situation and especially just with how the brewers are thinking of approaching this whole starting rotation with jimmy nelson out for the for a few months and just wondering if it four-man rotation will exist and whether or not wade biley will be a part of that remains to be unseen and at least until the 22nd, we'll get a better grasp of it. But, yeah, definitely just an odd situation, like you said, all around regarding that uh, contract out. What's uh, Who are the guys for you right now? And obviously a lot can change in, in the next less than two weeks. But if, if tomorrow was opening day and if the Brewers were going with a five-man rotation to start the season, who would be your number four and number five starter? If it was a, full, or a, if it was a five-man rotation, I'd probably go – I'd see it as maybe Wade Miley and Brent Suter, and I, you could probably change those how you'd like. I know Craig Council has mentioned, just, and it was a few weeks ago, it seems just like yesterday, but uh, just how Brent Suter has had that experience in the Brewers' rotation and how he's garnered results. But, um, yeah, as a, with a five-man rotation, I think you definitely have to give those guys a chance and see how they react to it. Um, I'm not necessarily too confident if to throw Junior Guerra out there or Giovanni Gallardo just with some of their more recent struggles but I mean who knows maybe with Junior Guerra with how he was able to pitch in Winter League and just you know there's a lot of question marks and maybe he would be the answer but I think starting them off in the uh, especially Gallardo out in the pen and just letting Miley and Suter test their waters with uh, and see how they would react with be the way I would lean uh, in regards to a five-man rotation. Yeah, it seems like Gallardo probably is uh, destined for the bullpen just based off everything everybody's saying. A lot of people have been in favor of Brandon Woodruff because he's a a young guy. He got good experience last year, had some good moments last year. Uh, His numbers have been eh. So far uh, in spring training, he's going to pitch in a minor league game coming up. That's more because there's a you know there's just so many innings at this point, and they got to work starters in. Is Woodruff destined for AAA? I think I would say so. Just to start the year, and we'll see how things go both at the major league level with the rest of the rotation, and then along with 
and then just with him at the out in Colorado Springs, see how he reacts. But yeah, I I could see it not being too long before they rely on him. But uh, to start the year, I think it expect them to start out in AAA, and then we'll see how things go from there. One of the other big storylines right now is that with the catching position because uh, Stephen Vogt is banged up and he's not going to be able to start the season. Now it has been uh, essentially announced that he'll start the season on the disabled list, so that means it guarantees his salary for this upcoming season. So you guarantee that salary, you're not going to release him. He's going to be in the mix, and maybe that uh, maybe that's good considering the fact that Jet Bandy leaves a little bit to be desired based off the way he really struggled uh, down the stretch. But uh, how, how do you view this catching situation right now especially with Steven Vogt not being able to uh, start out the season on the 25-man roster well I definitely think that for sure it'll just be the platoon of Manny Pena and Jet Bandy and I guess for the most part I'd I'd be comfortable with going into that the regular season with that and um, I saw some comments earlier I don't know who it was from maybe it was from Tom Hardrick or something but just um or McKelvey, or one of the two, but just how the Brewers are always monitoring the trade or the market for catchers and seeing if they're available. And yeah, who knows? The Brewers have made some late moves with David Stearns at the helm uh, towards the end of spring training before, so it might be another case like that. So who knows? Yeah, but yeah, it's I just expect them to go with those two guys to start the year and then who knows maybe they'll find a hidden gem on the market somewhere yeah if but the, the fact that they are going to and i guess this you know until it's official it's not official but the fact that they are they have said that votes going to start the season on the dl guarantee a salary you know not that it's a ton of money but it's it's a fair amount of money that would that would indicate that they still believe in him as one of the two catchers. And, you know, that, I think most of us assume before spring training got started that it was going to be uh, Pena and Vote, and Bandy was probably going to be on the outside looking in and a guy without options who might not even be in the organization after that. I guess, if nothing else, Jet Bandy gets kind of a second life here and an opportunity to force the Brewers to possibly make a tough decision later on after the regular season gets started. Yeah, definitely, and um, you always like to see the confidence in giving the guys a second chance, and um, who knows, yeah, just a, just the added boost of confidence can put his game at the, the next level and uh, garner a new level of production for him and the Brewers in regards to Jet Bandy. But, yeah, and going back to vote, I think a lot, large part of his uh, putting him on the DL and just keeping him on the team is just his not just the on-field production, but uh, just the presence that he has in the dugout and the clubhouse, especially with the young guys and the, just the overall youth of this team. I think that says a lot about that as well. Sidebar on Stephen Vote. They did a video this past week, the Brewers uh, video folks, where uh, Vote impersonated a a basketball official, and it was spot on. He had all the mannerisms oh, yeah. down. It was hilarious. <laughs> I I retweeted yeah. it. People can go back on my Twitter account. They can go on Brewers account, whatever it is, find it. It is. It, you agree? Oh, it, it was, was just so, fantastic. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so true, just to a T. The late charge in the game, and oh, yeah, that was great. And yeah, just, that just speaks to volumes about just not not his character alone, but just <laughs> the group of guys that this we all know just love the, being around the game of baseball and just have fun on the field and off the field. It just really makes you itch for the season to begin even more. We 
we watching the Brewers, and then for Brewers fans out there who were nervous about the second base situation, I think most people were kind of holding out this quiet hope that maybe Neil Walker might end up returning to the team. That's not going to happen now. He signs a deal uh, with the Yankees, and uh, he's going to uh, he's going to be back in New York with the Yankees instead of the Mets. But he's back in New York uh, on a on a deal there, and now you start to look at the who's going to play second base for the Brewers, and it's going to be uh, Eric Sogard and Jonathan VR. Again, I hate mentioning spring training numbers, but it's kind of all we have to go off of right now. Both are basically 300 hitters. All that being said, are you are you confident in uh, in that platoon right now of Sogard and VR being the second baseman for the Brewers? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I was a little disappointed that uh, Neil Walker ended up with the Yankees. Uh, I thought that the price that he was signed for could have been matched by the Brewers, so it, may, it was a little question mark. But um, as for, I, we all know VR has has his fair share of uh, just hair-pulling among Brewers fans. And uh, so I, I would see him as the opening day starter if I had to guess right now between him and Sogard. But, yeah, if he just utilizes his speed to the Brewers' benefit and just doesn't have those wacky decision or moments on the base pass where he just gets picked off, um, I think I would lean to be, and just maybe just – recapture some of that uh, offensive power he had in 2016 who knows just a bounce back year and um yeah i'd say i'm comfortable but maybe a little disappointed at the outcome of not bringing back uh neil walker the the bullpen is starting to get a little bit we're starting to see maybe what it will look like the team let's go over nesto frieri he really had an unimpressive uh spring uh so so he's gone we mentioned Giovanni gallardo he looks to be destined if he's going to make the team to be a a bullpen guy uh, Jacob Barnes has uh, absolutely been struggling, and he's pitching in some minor league games. Uh, on the other side of that, a non-roster invitee and J.J. Hoover has been pitching uh, really, really well. Uh, guys are, you know, some out-of-option guys are trying to get a spot before uh, before they get out of there uh, as well and, you know, trying to earn a job. There's just there, there's a lot of moving parts, but there's a little bit more clarity, I think, right now. I mean, you look at Oliver Drake, and uh, he's somebody who hasn't pitched great, but obviously he put up okay numbers uh, last year at the big league level. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to ask you here, just kind of general thoughts right now uh, on the bullpen, especially with J.J. Hoover doing what he's done so far in the spring. Yeah, it's really good to see uh, number, his numbers so strong uh, from, from Hoover. And looking at, just looking at the Brewers' schedule, the, Brewer, the bullpen is just going to be needed to – you're going to likely need to see a lot of action from them early on. I believe they only have the team only has just two off days before um, April 23rd. I think uh, I might not be exactly right, but they're on there, so that's going to be uh, garner some heavy reliance on the bullpen, and, and I think it's a large part why Craig Council is just viewing it as uh, the potential of a four-man rotation to start the year, just so he can have an extra man in the bullpen and have eight arms out there. Because you're really going to need to rely on them, especially if starters falter at the beginning, and yeah, you have those two big division series with the Cubs and uh, the Cardinals and Cubs to open the year. So, yeah, it, hopefully the success continues for those who are, who've been having it. And with yeah, Jacob Barnes, you hope he gets back on the right foot to start the year. Cause, uh, I have the anticipation the Brewers will be needing him sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, and, and you're right about the off days of the first 25 days of the season going into April 23rd. They play 23 of 25 days. They have uh, they play three games in San Diego to open up the series and then have a rare Sunday off on uh, April 1st, and then they have a uh, Thursday off on April 12th before they're off again on the 23rd. So not many off, and, and that's kind of odd because generally they work in, you know, the weather is the worst uh, when in that first month, and you probably don't have to worry about it in San Diego, but they've got a three-game series in St. Louis, a three-game series uh, in New York. Uh, that could that could create some uh, some weather issues there in the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you just never really. <clears throat> you'd like to see the off days spread evenly throughout the year, but we all know just how big of a hassle it is to schedule 162 teams for all or 162 games for all every MLB team. So somebody's gonna. Somebody's bound to get the short straw, but <laughs> unfortunately it was the Brewers this year. Last thing for you, Keston Hira on Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday night, so earlier today Keston Hira gets sent down to minor league camp, but he was really impressive, and we know the kid can hit, and hit he did. Uh, he hits four thirty three in his uh, major league spring training games. When do you think we're going to see this guy put on a Brewers uniform for the first time? Yeah, he has definitely been putting on a show. Um, as for the timetable on the on his major league debut, I mean, who knows? It's always so hard to predict these things, and we all know. Yeah, and it could end up being this. I don't know. It you just yes, I just hope whatever it is, I don't want him to be rushed or anything. Just uh, let him go along his natural progression as. He best serves him, and I'm sure that's something David Stearns is going to heavily consider. And I mean, we all know how smart he is. But as if who knows what the second baseman situation will, what it will bring to the table, how many problems and whatnot. But hopefully not a few. But in all of, <laughs> in best case scenario, you hope the Brewers don't have to rely on him, but or maybe even Mauricio Dubon. Um, but yeah, who knows when we'll actually see him? But you definitely raises some eyes, uh, raises some eyebrows with his per- strong performance this year, which is definitely what you want to see from him. Well, I heard where you were going, and then kind of stopped and, and paused and reset yeah, yourself. But let's—I know it's, I, it's I'm, so hard for me to like. I don't know, I'm not heavily as heavily invested in like um, some of the other guys in the Brewers community on Twitter with the um, minor league system, but. With the way he's just swinging the bat, is just so incredible, and you'd love to see guys like him that were picked so high just produce at this level. It's really great to see. Look, I'll, I'll say it. I'm I'm not afraid to say it. I don't think it's out <laughs> of the realm of possibility. And it's crazy because I think when he was drafted, you said at the absolute earliest you would see him in a Brewers uniform would maybe be as a September call-up in 2019. I think he has potentially pushed that timeline up a full year. And if he, mm-hmm. you know, he's a college guy, so college guys move through systems a little bit quicker. And you know, mm-hmm. there there is the rare case. I think it happens more with pitching than position players. But there is the rare case where college guys are are up pitching in the big league very soon after they're drafted but this is a college guy if he continues to swing the bat the way he does he's impressive in his first major league spring training if they don't get a lot of production on second base like I don't expect to see him with the Brewers in June or July but if 
if they don't get what they want to get out of second base this year, if maybe they end up making a trade for a second baseman at the end of the season, it wouldn't be crazy to see him in September to get him a taste of the big leagues oh, yeah. with the idea mm-hmm. that maybe in 2019 he is that guy. Yeah, you'd like to definitely, I mean, going way back when, <laughs> turning back the clock, I believe they did, I mean, they weren't in contention or anything, but like just the same thing with Gene Segura, just getting the, and Orlando Arcia too, like just getting them, uh, a taste of the big leagues um, rather than uh, putting the pressure on at the beginning of the year because you don't want <laughs> to say, oh, you made the opening day roster and just have them the pressure of not seeing major league pitching a heavy dose of it before. So, yeah, I could definitely uh, get behind it, especially if he does continue this production uh, down in the minors. Gabe Stoltz joining us. Gabe, what's uh, over at Disciples of Euchre? You guys are uh, putting out content. You guys are connected uh, with the uh, with the Milwaukee's uh, Tailgate podcast. We had JP on uh, the program uh, last week, but obviously content coming out as well. What can people fo- uh, expect if they head over to disciplesofeuchre.com? Yeah, uh, like you said, we have the Milwaukee Tailgate podcast with uh, JP, Ryan, and Steve. And along with that, we'll have some content ranging from just whatever's happening at the major league level and uh, how the Brewers uh, attack their expectations, their high expectations this year, and along with the minor league. Um, the Brewers may be in a competitive mode now at the MLB level, but there's always there's always a group of players to keep an eye on at the minor league level, so we'll be make sh- making sure to keep tabs on them as well. The website is going to be a Oh, go ahead. It's going to be a fun year. Absolutely. The website is uh, disciplesofeuchre.com. You can follow Gabe on Twitter at Stoltzy3. He is uh, Gabe Stoltz. Gabe, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time, and uh, we'll catch up with you again uh, some point after the season gets underway. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Always a good time. That's Gabe Stoltz joining us here on Brewers X Journeys, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. We appreciate him taking some time with us today. As we do start to wrap up the program, as always, let's look ahead to what's going to be coming up over the next week or so. On Monday the 19th, that is an off day. That is the final off day of spring training. Can you believe that? As uh, This is the final full week of spring training as well. On Tuesday, they will play a game uh, against the Rockies. They've got split score squads on the uh, 21st home against the A's and then at the Mariners they'll play the Royals in Maryvale on the 22nd they're at the Cubs on the 23rd that would be uh, Friday on Saturday they uh, travel to take on the A's and then on uh, the 25th which is Sunday that is their final Arizona spring training game as they will uh, take on the White Sox then on Monday and Tuesday they're going to travel to Houston for a couple exhibition games at Minute Maid Park against the defending World Series champion Houston Astros they will uh, take the day off on Wednesday the 28th to travel to San Diego and then Thursday the 29th they're going to open uh, this whole thing up when they are set to uh, take gone the San Diego Padres so that is how things are going to uh, work out to get things started this year in terms of the spring training broadcast coming up uh, this week we will have two of them on Thursday in Maryvale against Kansas City and then on Saturday uh, when they are playing uh, Oakland in Mesa both those games will be on WTMJ on uh, the Brewers Radio Network. As far as WTMJ, don't forget, not only at 6.20 a.m. anymore. That, of course, covers the vast majority of the state of Wisconsin, including
moving into uh, Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan. But uh, now uh, within the Milwaukee, really, metro area, you can listen to WTMJ on FM as well at 103.3. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Again, uh, my appreciation to Gabe Stoltz for uh, joining us. My appreciation appreciation to you for uh, listening to the podcast, not just this week, but each and every week as we continue to get start for, uh, get ready for the start of the Brewers regular season. And this is the second to last podcast before we will actually be talking about Milwaukee Brewers baseball games that actually matter in the standings. It is right around the corner, and uh, we will have baseball coming your way. All right, thanks for uh, being tuned in. We'll be back with you next week for another edition of the podcast, Brewers Extra, podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.